He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. It is time to cross to Zach, and it would be a very, very happy Zach Garrod this morning because he's Los Angeles Chargers. They have uh, won the first game, 24 points to 19 over the brand-new Las Vegas Raiders. At least the season started well, mate. It started well for 50% of LA. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Rams, however, the defending champions, uh, went down quite cataclysmically to, to Buffalo. Yeah, I was, I was kind of ignoring that one for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's okay. It's best we just talk about it out there you, in the open. You think we just yeah, go so open it, with it all? We best just get the pain out there, Tracy. We okay. may as well. It's uh, <laughs> it was um, it was. Uh, I mean, it, it was it's great for Buffalo. They were very good last yeah. season. Anyway, they nearly made it to the Super Bowl. So they've just picked up where they left off. They have Von Miller, of course, who played for the Rams last year. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, but incredible. for the Chargers to get up, yeah, he's great. Yeah, but for the Chargers to get up over the now Las Vegas Raiders, the former Oakland Raiders, and then former Los Angeles Raiders before they went back to Oakland again, um, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have at least 50% of Los Angeles win something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mate, it was how we were going with the Knights for a while. You know, whilst ever the girls were winning, we were happy. Exactly. Yeah, well, they're still, they're still going to be in the final. So that's, yeah, exactly. that's amazing for the girls. Yeah. It's great. Just incredible, isn't it? And, of course, my Seahawks yeah. play the Broncos tomorrow, so uh, we'll see how that one goes. Mm. Yes, I'm, I'm not. I'm fine. not. I'm not encouraged. Actually, I must say, Zach. I'm. I'm yeah, I don't know how my Hawks are going to go this season. A bit. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, well. Let's see, because it's been some upsets this round, so, you it know, there's probably a yeah. chance. Yeah. And, hey, look, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, of course, as I've been mentioning, I'm going to see, uh, I'm going to see a game whilst I'm over in, uh, in the UK. And uh, the Vikings, man, they 23 points to seven over the Green Bay Packers. That's a good sign. It's very, very good. So I think you're going to be seeing a great game over there. At, it's at White Hart Lane, isn't it, in Tottenham, is that right? It is, yeah, Tottenham Hotspurs, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, it's going to be a great experience. And, and it's kind of cool that they're doing this now because um, before the college football season kicked off, I think it was Nebraska and Ohio. No, it wasn't Ohio, but it was Nebraska and it, it might have Wisconsin played a game in Dublin, actually, at, at Lansdowne Row, oh. the former Lansdowne Row. Um, so they're taking these, they take these games to the UK and to Europe to sort of drum up a bit of, a bit of thrill and a bit of excitement. I guess kind of like our state of origin came to Los Angeles in the 80s. Mm. So I guess it has the same sort of, the same sort of cultural momentum behind it. Yeah. yeah. And fingers crossed uh, you may eventually get another state of origin. They still haven't confirmed whether we are sending – well, I don't think we're going to be sending the first game of next season to L.A., but there's still talks of it. So, yeah. you know, you never know. Yeah, I, I, look, as a proud New South Welshman, you know, I'd be very happy to see it here. But you know what? I'm also happy to just keep things as the way they are. I do, I do actually still kind of miss the days of a game in Sydney, a game in Brisbane, a game in Sydney, or Brisbane, Sydney, Brisbane. Yeah. I miss those sort of, I miss those sort of games. I think the neutral venue is, is great, but you know, that, that sort of, um, parochial support by keeping in the state, I think, does generate a real spirit behind it. Oh, without doubt. Not to mention that it helps New South yeah. Wales. It does, yes. This is what the other thing as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, um, you know, the tragic news uh, of the passing of the Queen on, uh, on Thursday. How have the Yanks yeah. reacted to, uh, to the death of the Queen? 
Uh, it broadly just with like a certain, I guess, a, a melancholy and a somberness, but also a sort of a fascination with the whole thing. I mean, that there is a great irony in the White House lowering its its, its flag to half mast when, of course, Washington was burned to the ground in the War of eighteen twelve. Yes. So that, that there's a real irony in sort of acknowledging the passing of a British monarch. You know, when they famously fought a war of independence mm. against, uh, I think it was King Charles back then too. Actually, it was. Yeah, um, it was. Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and as, as they do wonderfully in Hamilton, yeah. um, you know, the, 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 there's a wonderful chorus that King Charles sings in, in that uh, in, in that play, which I think summarizes it all brilliantly about leadership, you know, and going on your own. And of course, the Americans have since done that. But with Megan and Harry living in Montecito, you know, not far from Los Angeles, there is still a real connection there. And of course, Edward the Seventh um, abdicated to marry Wallace Simpson. So the Americans are, of course, peripherally engaged with the royal family. But broadly, it's one of sort of fascination and, and somberness. And it's interesting, like I've got some Canadian friends here and Kiwi mates and Pommy mates and we all sort of talked about it this week as sort of that, that Commonwealth connection. I mean, I, I believe in the Australian Republic, but for her service to to the institution that she was, she just, she reluctantly um, became uh, a part of and and the the, uh, the crown which she represented, you know, as a young woman, a very, very young woman, and fighting back against the patriarchal push, you know, to have Montbatten take the, you know, have her take the Montbatten name and her to stand up and be House of Windsor was quite, very admirable. They're the things that I really admired about her was to stand up as a proud individual and say, no, this is who I am and this is what I mm-hmm. represent. Um, you know, the issues within the institution itself or the controversy and, of course, uh, some of the vices, I think, uh, led legacy base as well, but her as an individual, as just Elizabeth, um, her service to her her stature and to her post is is simply um, without compromise. It's very impressive, and that's broadly how a lot of people are looking at it mm. here. I don't think we'll ever see someone yeah. like her again. Oh, without question. No, no, no. I mean, the, the notion of a monarchy in general is, of course, quite antiquated and sort of archaic, but... Um, you know, there are, I think, seven royal families throughout uh, throughout uh, Europe. I mean, I think there's Belgium and there's the Dutch and there's the Swedish and I think there's some others. So there are, of course, royal families out there, but they are, of course, the most famous, as we know. Mm-hmm. So it's very unlikely you're going to see someone of her magnitude um, rise again. And also just the period of history she oversaw. I mean, the Second World War through to September 11, mm-hmm. you know, through to COVID-19. It's quite a spectacular... Like, she was she was there when the, the Iron Curtain went up, when it came down. She was there for the Suez Crisis, in Indian independence, the, the dissolution of a lot of the Commonwealth nations. When she took over, there were 70 nations with her as head of state. Now there's only 16. Um, she's seen 20 Olympic Games, you know, I think mm-hmm. about a dozen US presidents, the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's uh, incredible you know, when you the, start to think about it like that, yeah, isn't it? The death exactly of Kennedy. Right. And that's sort of, yeah, the death of Kennedy, of course, you know, the, the rise of Trump. I mean, just, oh. to, just to look at the world through her eyes, mm. I mean, it, it is remarkable in and of itself. Now, my favourite uh, one, you've got some uh, some Yanks asking you about our national anthem, I hear. <laughs> this actually made me really angry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> me Again, really it just angry. shows yeah. that they've got no idea <laughs> about us. It, it, it comes from a place of naivety, and they were sort of being nice about it. They were kind of like, they were fascinated by it. They were like, oh, so, it, so it's going to be like 
God Save the King, you know, and King George, uh, King Charles of Australia and things like that, which is a phrase I'm not really comfortable with. No. And then she, uh, they said to me, see your national anthem, that'll be God Save the King now, right? I went, uh, hang on, stop, mm. stop, no, no, no. <laughs> not, not since the 1980s, basically. No. <laughs> no. Not just about then. Yeah, and uh, I explained to them, of course, you know, I don't expect anybody to know the great phrase, good by sea, no. of course. But, um, oh, that's, but yes, that's just they, very they, they special are. for us, that one. <laughs> it's very special, very, very unique for us. Yeah, I was, I was, in the end, we laughed about how their, their anthem is about the rocket's red glare and the bombs yeah. bursting in air, and then ours is good by sea. Yeah. So, um, yeah and yeah. theirs is about a flag that we can still see. Like, what the? <laughs> yes. Yes, but we, we are we are good by sea. So, um, so yeah, we, we did have a bit of a laugh about that. But, that. but this is also the other thing. When they talk about the Commonwealth here, the, nearly the first country out of the mountain they talk about the representative of the Commonwealth is always Australia. Mm-hmm. So for Americans who are uninitiated into what the Queen means in Australia, they would look at it and they would think, oh, well, she's the, she's the Queen of the country. And or now Charles would be the King mm-hmm. of the country, the country. And then, of course, they see that the Governor-General and the Governors and the Prime Minister have all agreed to ascend Charles as, into the role. And that's the interpretation they get. So it does take some explaining to say, well, no, she's basically, he is, sorry, now, he is mm. just the head of state. That's it. it there's really just a, it's just a formality more than anything. But as a proud Australian, you sort of go, well, that's not quite right, you know, to think that people look at that and, and interpret that as being how our government and how, and how our country works. Wow, it's I never yeah. it never ceases to amaze me. I mean, this sounds really horrible and judgmental, but I'm going to say it anyway. How stupid the Americans can be at times. <laughs> I think that there's that real naivety. I mean, there's a lot of things I never knew about here, of course, mm-hmm. and, and there is a lot that I still don't know about here, and a lot that I still don't. But broadly. We can name their presidents, you know, well before we can name our prime ministers. I knew George Washington was the president of the United States before I knew Edmund Barton was our first prime mm. minister. So, and and so, but I do not expect them, of course, to know these things. But they, they just interpret it and they just hear it and they think that this is just how it works. So there's a certain amount of naivety involved for sure. Oh, I love it. It's like we were all locked down <laughs> you know, on this prison <laughs> island for COVID as well. That's right, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, how's the weather been over there? We uh, Last week we talked about in the middle of the heat wave. you still got your undies and your beer in your hand? Is that about it? Yeah, that's sort of it. It sort of has it. Look, okay, last week when we talked, it was 46 degrees Celsius. It was utterly horrendous. Um, the car that we were driving was parked in an underground parking lot in Studio City. Then I drove from there to Universal City, which is only about a mile and a half, two miles, and it went from like 28, 29 degrees to 46 in a matter of like a mile or two miles. So mm-hmm. that, that's how fast things, how hot things got and how quickly they got just by driving that car from underground to above ground. Um, now, we, we have had a crazy run of weather here. So this is a record-breaking California heat wave. And also, this is actually a good point to mention, California is now talking about introducing a rating system for heat waves along the lines of what they have for tornadoes and hurricanes. So there's category 1 to 5 for hurricanes, and tornadoes are EF1 to EF5. They're talking about doing the same thing for heat waves, for intensity and longevity. Holy now, this hell. is a smart thing. Yeah, this is, this is a smart thing mostly to do with climate change. There's a climatologist called Daniel Swain who works for UCLA out here, and he's been really insightful with this heat, um, this heat wave we just experienced. So this went for about 10 days. Sacramento had about five to six days above 40 degrees Celsius. 
So we've had fires break out. The Mosquito Fire was one and the Fairview mm-hmm. Fire was another where two people were killed in Southern California. So with this new rating system, they'll be able to determine how severe and how long. So they can manage the power grid, mm-hmm. water and medical needs accordingly. Now, heat waves are much easier to predict than tornadoes and hurricanes. Ironically enough, at the end of this heat wave, what kind of broke it, but not really, it's still 93 degrees Fahrenheit and it's really humid, we had a hurricane come through, Hurricane K, which was off, no, not, not like uh, Agent K from, yeah. from Men in Black, um, <laughs> Hurricane K-A-Y, as in special. So, actually, no, that doesn't make sense either. But, That's yeah, right. Hurricane I'll go K with was you. off. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Hurricane K was off Baja, California. And it actually came through San Diego and worked its way up the coast. Now, it weakened very quickly because the ocean up here is much cooler to Baja, California. However, it came much further inland because of the heat. So Daniel Swain, another climatologist, said that due to the prolonged heat wave, the pressure differential was enough to draw the hurricane in towards California. Now they're talking about in the next 20 to 30 to 40 years, prolonged heat waves, as we've just experienced in September of all all things, with record-breaking temperatures at Long Beach, LAX, coastal locations, um, and hurricanes being drawn further inland because of them if they form off the Baja Peninsula. So this is a, a very interesting time. And what we just experienced, they said, look, it was terrifying based off the, on the numbers, but also the length of the heat. You know, in Australia, we've had hot days, of course. I remember them very clearly, Christmas days, waiting for the suddenly change to come through. But we had that for nearly 10 days, and that's when it gets into a really dangerous territory. Wow. So when are they looking to uh, to introduce this category system? Is it going to be soon? Yes, yeah, so they're discussing it right now in Sacramento. Mm. So if they do discuss it, if they do implement it, it will probably be some point next year. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. Now, look, it's obviously, yeah. it's still September 11 over there. Um, 21 yeah. years, Zach. I, that is just incredible. God. I can remember where I was okay. to the day. It's just, uh, yeah. it's amazing. What's um What's the moon been like over there? I think it's it's starting to sort of fall into this curious, pensive sort of pause and reflection rather than this sort of national mourning, this national somberness. Um, it's more of a, a pause and reflect moment because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're 20 years on now. that there, there are kids who are born on September 11 who can now buy alcohol wow. <laughs> in the United States after Jeez. 21 years. I know. Get, get your head around mm-hmm. that. Um, it, it's still quite a serious occasion. And actually, Joe Biden quoted the Queen um, today uh, in his speech. He, yeah. he, he quoted her by saying, grief is the price we pay for love, mm. um, which I thought is actually quite a beautiful way to summarize things. And he talks about the grief that people are feeling, and he sent out a beautiful tweet today saying that to all the families who suffered on September 11, we are we with you today. Mm. Um, every September 11, they have the ceremony at Ground Zero where they read all 3,000 names who died um, in the World Trade Center that day so yeah it's more of like a pause and reflect notion so all the nfl games had moments of silence and moments of reflection but you don't have to go too far in los angeles and you actually have memories here down at the beverly hills police department just back from rodeo drive there's a bench strapped from the um mm. from world trade i think it's the north tower yeah they um, brought it, they brought uh, it over they did yeah mm. at the front of the beverly hills police uh, fire station there so there's mem- there's commemorations all around the place, and every time you go through uh, through TSA at LAX, there's always a big, big um, plaque on the wall there. Sorry, a big framed portrait with the names of all the um, all the all the people who died on the aircraft those day uh, that day. It really is incredible. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. We're talking with Zach Garrod live from LA. There were some reports, Zach, that uh, you know that it's starting to lose its. Uh, 
its effect on people that people kind of have forgotten about it. Do you think that that is the case or do you think, I mean, we never forget uh, Pearl Harbor. Do you, I can't see a day where we'll ever forget 9-11. No, it won't happen. It, it, it won't happen. But the interpretation of it will shift in the same way that we commemorate the bombing of Darwin mm. or the earthquake in Newcastle. It sort of, it ceases to become a really recent, it ceases to become a recent wound, one that's quite emotional and quite reflective and becomes more of one of sort of analysis and uh, sentimentality. So you start to remember the context of the time um, and what happened versus, you know, the immediate emotional impact of it. I mean, Alison tells an incredible story about when it happened. Ali was in school. Um, my fiance, she was in school in Tuscaloosa when it happened and they closed the school and they sent everybody home. It was really terrifying because nobody knew what was happening. I mean, we felt that way in Australia. Yeah, no one knew and what was then, next. And, yeah, of course not. No, but over here, it just grabbed them, the, the horror behind the whole thing. So... I think the fear of it has has abated, given that they got um, uh, Abdul Alwali, Alwali, who was head of uh, second in command of Al Qaeda. Got hit, he was he was executed this year, and Osama bin Laden was of course executed in the Obama administration. So, and now they're out of Afghanistan entirely. So I think that book has closed a little bit, but the actual sort of I guess the reverberations behind the event they'll never go away. Of course not. No, they just can't. They, yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. Well, how old were you when it happened? I was fourteen. Wow! <laughs> I remember. I was. Uh, we were going to see, of all things, West Side Story. We went through a musical version wow. of West Side Story from St. Pius. We were going up to uh, to the theatre to watch that. I still remember it really, really clearly. What about you? Where are you? Um, I can remember. I. I because of what you know, my, my husband at the time and I, we but were both in media. We kind of used to go to sleep to the to the radio, and um, yeah. I can remember hearing it and and thinking that it was a dream, and then actually my waking goodness. up and going, "Well, hang on a second, I actually did hear what I think I heard." And um, yeah, I can remember yeah. going into my uh, into my offices in Hudder Street. Aaron went off to uh, off to Prime and just going, "Wow, this really happened! Wow, yeah, wow. yeah, it's just surreal, just amazing. It? Yeah. it really was surreal. Just just incredible." My God. Weird, weird. Yeah. Every, yeah, everyone knows where we're now, we're now going to know where we were when the Queen died. But you know, it, it's course, it's yeah. key moments like that that you just you, you never forget where you were. Now I've got no, uh, I've got a, a bit of a so tell me about these uh, these antitrust laws in Hollywood and uh, and what's going on <laughs> at the moment with that. Now this is really interesting. I, I hope this isn't too dry for people. It's kind of fascinating. Now. In the 40s and 50s, people talk about the golden age of Hollywood. That was back in the day when, like, the five or six major studios back then, they controlled the whole system. They made the movies with their movie stars who were contracted to the studio like a football team. Mm. They showed the movies at their cinemas, which they owned, like a football team would own a stadium. So they owned everything. Now, in the 50s and 60s, they broke that practice down with essentially these antitrust laws saying that you can't... I guess, quintopolize, Mm. if you will, this system. You you five, six major studios cannot just do that, all right? You've got to open it up. So they did. So so at that point, the studios couldn't own cinemas. They couldn't just show their own movies in cinemas. Everything broke down, and that gave us the rise, the independent movement, which gave us Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola and Star Wars, all these incredible films. Um, Now, last year... The Supreme Court abolished those antitrust laws. Really? So if you're looking at the street. Yes, yes. Now, I think they expired, but they did not renew them, which is quite a big deal because it would have been a no-brainer. Now, 
if you're watching the streaming services like Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, over here we have Peacock as well, and all, all these things, and you're going, God Almighty, why am I subscribing to all these services just to watch one, you know, a couple of movies? That's mostly because of these laws. So what's happening now? Instead of having bricks and mortar like cinemas to show it in, they have streaming services. So Warner Brothers, Universal, Sony, Disney have make content directly for their services and their services only. So then you have to subscribe to their platforms to watch their content. So it's the same thing as what happened back in the golden age of Hollywood. Only it's just a contemporized context. Instead of going to a cinema to watch a movie, you subscribe to their service to watch a movie. A great example is a new Predator movie called Prey, right? Mm. That went out on Hulu over here, which is a Disney platform. So you had to subscribe to Hulu to watch that. You've, Pinocchio, the new Pinocchio movie, is going to be on Disney+, Disney Plus and yep. only on Disney+. Plus. Yes, so this means that they can control the, the, the creation and the, the product from start to finish. So it takes cinemas out of the equation, it takes distributors out of the equation, it takes sales agents out of the equation, and also it means that if these platforms are the only ones showing content and they're the major platforms people are going to watch, then it's the only way independent producers and creators can have their films shown. So you can only have your movie shown if it's bought by an Amazon or Netflix, a Disney Plus, HBO Max, or something like that. So then the path is getting narrower and narrower for people to, to, to sell on their own films and their own television series. So this is, this is really interesting, and broadly it comes back to these antitrust laws. So if they brought in these antitrust laws again, it would mean that these content services have to buy a certain amount of content from outside producers, or there has to be a, another platform that cannot be bought by one of these big ones so that it stays independent, that kind of thing. Wow, that is huge news, isn't yeah. it? It's interesting, yeah. It's sort of slipped under the radar. And yeah, it I was has. reading about it the other... Yeah, I was reading about that because there's been a lot of conversation with SAG about collective agreements with Netflix and things like that. So they have agreements with, like, with Netflix and some of the other independent... Sorry, some of the other streaming platforms versus the studios themselves, or just having a broad agreement. So it's becoming so fractured and so fragmented that it's almost... It's losing a lot of, a lot of power and a lot of sway for actors, so Sydney Sweeney, who is not struggling, mind you, she's mm. doing very, very well for herself. <laughs> but she made a good. She, she's a great actor. She's a fantastic actor. She made a great point the other day. She said, "I shoot Euphoria. I get no residuals. I get no rollovers. I shoot it. They pay me. It goes up on HBO Max for good, and that's it. Then I've got to go and find another job. Whereas once upon a time, you would shoot a movie, mm. you would go to a cinema, then we'd go to DVD, VHS, and we'd go to TV and play in for night and like that." So one of the major, one of the major income, and Matt Damon touched on this recently, actually, one of the major courses of income for, for studios was DVD and film, uh, VHS rentals. It was just a straightforward way to make money. Now they've lost that because of this streaming platform um, uh, process that we have now. So it's incredibly interesting to see what happens. And, and this is going to be a very interesting time to see how these huge, you know, these massive conglomerates like Disney is colossal. They bought Fox, you know, they yeah. bought Fox Studios. So it's going to be, um, and that's because the antitrust laws, whereas before those antitrust laws came in, you couldn't do that.
Wow, that that is enormous. That's yeah. huge news, without a doubt. Well, listen, my friend, yeah. you have a uh, you have a lovely uh, rest of your Sunday over there. Now, uh, I'm off on holidays for the next three weeks, so you'll be chatting with the beautiful Murdo McLeod, who's going to be sta- standing in for me. You've got another Mac. It's just a male Mac. Yay! Yay! Can't wait to check the male Mac. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. <laughs> you uh, you stay safe over there, won't you? And uh, I can't wait to catch up. Um, I'm back on the tenth, so we'll be able to talk then. Send me some pictures from White Hart Lane. I right? certainly so will. Have a wonderful trip too. You enjoy yourself. Have Thanks, a great mate. Time. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. See you, Tracy. Bye. That is Zach Garrett who joins us each and every Monday right here on Newcastle Live. And uh, yes, as I said, I head off on holidays. Uh, Thursday is my last show and uh, the wonderful Murdo McLeod. Many of you may be familiar with Murdo. He used to work for uh, for the National Broadcaster many years ago. He's going to be sitting in the seat. So it goes from Tracy Mack to Murdo Mack. So uh, he'll be taking you through for the next uh, three weeks. Once, uh, once I head out uh, on Thursday afternoon, Thursday's my last show, so I only got three more with you. And I'll try and remember to turn the microphone off. That might be a good idea, mightn't it? Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.